The Christology of the Gospel of John is very interesting. Jesus only gives one commandment in the Gospel of John, love. And for John, it is the lived spiritual experience of love, relationship, and community. This is how early Christians participated in the incarnational life of Jesus. They shone with the light of Jesus through this lived experience of love. The Christology of John comes from this spirituality, the lived experience of union with God in the risen Jesus through community gave rise to the articulation of the Christian faith for John's believers. John 9 scholar Sandra Schneiders writes, John's gospel begins not with in the beginning was God, but with in the beginning was the word. In other words, God is not a self-enclosed monad knowing and loving God's self. Rather, in the Johnine view, God's very nature is self-communication, self-opening, self-gift that is creative of the other, the word, holy wisdom, God's self-revelation becomes human, incarnate. The self-giving and communication of God is never one way but always an interchange leading to deepening life and love. For John, one does not simply collect information about God and then go on to lead a good Christian life. Rather, our faith is a progressive opening. God's own life in the Word incarnate is manifested as light shining in the darkness and all those who come to Jesus participate in the life, love between Jesus and God. Life, light, love. This is the dynamic of shared life. The fruit of Jesus sharing his life with us is the ultimate realization of loving union. What Jesus in John refers to as friendship. Schneiders writes, this extraordinary union of friendship between Jesus and his disciples is a friendship that calls for laying down one's life for the beloved. It connotes an equality in the relationship, a mutual indwelling, a total sharing of being and life, which grounds the mystical spirituality into which this gospel invites the reader. Feeling and experiencing relationship beyond self and other opens us to the life, light, love of the word made flesh that dwells presently among us as community. Former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, in his Christology, articulates that through the lack of self, one opens to God. Through no self, we experience 
not intellectualize God. When Christ declares that he is life, Williams writes, he is not making an abstract metaphysical claim. What it is for him to be alive and active is simply for him to be that which brings life to the human world in every corner. Jesus is already the other person that I encounter, already the stranger, already the person whose eyes I can smile in. And William says, the other person I encounter is already the one with whom Christ is in solidarity. And the death I must endure is the death of anything that stops me from acknowledging that. We must see that the I, which seeks individual innocence, is a fiction and capable only of building fiction upon fiction if it constructs a self-justified image. Similarly, Richard Rohr in The Universal Christ writes, the point of the Christian life is not to distinguish oneself from the ungodly, but to stand in radical solidarity with everyone and everything else. This is the full, final, and intended effect of the incarnation, God's great act of solidarity. Aligned with Williams and Rohr, let me say we do not have to be the perfect I, an individual who achieves, who knows, who does. Rather, because we participate in the incarnational reality, we participate as the body of Christ in the world. Life, light, love, embodied in our bodies. It's an ever-growing, progressive, opening encounter to Christ that reveals God in relationship. Nothing that can be pointed to or defined, but the experience of Christ through Christ reaching to Christ. At least this sound too abstract. Let me bring into our Johnine Christology a poem. The Thunder Perfect Mind is a poem that was discovered as part of the Nag Hammadi texts, written between the 1st and 4th century, discovered in Upper Egypt in the 1940s. It's a poetic treatise on the all-encompassing nature of the divine. Scholars note a similarity with other long poems, such as the prologue in John that we read today. It begins, I was sent out from power, I came to those pondering me. Look at me. Audience, hear me. Don't chase me from your sight. I am the first and the last. Although these first few lines evoke a sense of power and all-encompassing, the writing now moves into images much closer to our human life. 
I am she who is honored and she who is mocked. I am a sterile woman and she who has many children. I am the enslaved woman of him who served me. I am she who is disgraced and she who is important. Do not be arrogant to me when I am thrown to the ground. Do not stare at me in the dung heap, leaving me discarded. Do not laugh at me in the lowest places. In my weakness, do not strip me bare. Do not be afraid of my power. I am she who exists in all fears and trembling boldness. The voice of this poem lives in the divinity and the messiness of human life. She is honored and mocked, exalted and thrown down. She is at the same time divine and humiliated. Jesus scholars will frequently note the tension between being divine and being beaten happens often. The voice in this poem echoes Jesus in John's gospel. Life, light, love. The dynamic complexities such that even with his divine authority, Jesus cries when his best friend dies. The voice of the thunder is likely taken from Isis in Egyptian culture and Sophia, wisdom in Jewish culture. She invites us to reflect on the lived experience of shame, honor, importance, disgrace, no matter the situation of our lives, our neighbor's life, our, the stranger's life, all already the body of Christ, simultaneously divine and humiliated. And it is our work of discipleship and friendship to not distinguish any of these as ungodly, but instead to step into the solidarity of Christ incarnate and embody the one body together. Our participation in community is the active life of Christ, not a far-off idea of a cosmic creator, but a cosmic relationship alive in love progressively opening us all to the divine indwelling we already rest in. This cannot be intellectualized, which is why John relies on text that is more poetry, why his gospel comes out of lived spirituality, the truth of solidarity, of we-ness of Christ's body. It cannot be isolated or described. We, Christ's body, are the important and the weak. We are the infertile and the parents, the discarded and the powerful. We are the afraid and the bold. When we live our lives through the shining light of love, we reveal to one another the incarnational reality of solidarity, and we become a better human community. Life, light, love, participating in the shared, 
relational life. The Christian life is the shared life. Amen.